Howdy gamers, it's Layton here from Layton Night, the podcast that you're currently listening to in case you accidentally stumbled upon this, in which case I am sorry, but just wanted to let you know that there is a video version of this episode that is up on our Patreon for all tiers. So if you want to join us over there, depending on the tier, you can get all sorts of cool benefits. We do mini-sodes every week. We do some fun videos. Uh, You get access to our fan discord and overall it's a really lovely time and we would love to have you there. So without any further ado, here is the audio version of this episode. So if you want to do the video version, you can go to patreon.com slash Leighton Night or not. Really whatever floats your boat. Anyway, episode... I slept unusually late today, 9.30. Oh, are you an early riser, Brian? Well, I have a kid. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. You know, my typical on a school day, typical get up time is 6.30. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's kind of the latest we could get up and all get ready and get out the door for school at the right time. She's got to be there by 7.45. Okay. And she's fucking slow. Yeah. I don't remember getting cuddled awake by my parents every morning when I was in third grade. But this kid, this kid has a pretty good life. So (laughs) she's had it too good. Sometimes I think that, but then I also (laughs) think that's my job. But yeah, so like 6.30, pretty much every morning. 7 a.m. is what I was able to do prior to the seasonal effective depression really kicking my ass. But Mm -hmm. I love it. I used to be asleep until super late person and then realized that that was making my brain worse. Yeah. I'm still struggling to get to that point. It's hard. I see the door. I know what the sign says. I just need to go through the door. I don't think I was a get up nice and early regular person until at least my mid thirties. Brian, you're old. Thank you. (laughs) Do you think that you'll wake up earlier and earlier as you age? I'm curious about this because we all know Surely we've had old, old people in our lives. Yes, well, we, we definitely know that. We've had like old, old people in our lives. And I'm talking like in their 80s who wake up at like 4 a.m. every fucking day. And is that because they go to bed real early or because their sleep schedule's all fucky because they're old? I don't know. I had an uncle who, when he was very old, would wake up at 4 a.m., eat some cereal, and then go back to sleep, which, Okay. Sure. God, I wish that were me. I know, right? <laughs> I had an uncle as well, but he was of the mindset and he would consistently tell both me and my dad, he would say, you know, as I get older, I need less and less sleep. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't need to sleep as much. So he would do the same thing, but he also would stay up relatively late. Like he would only get about four and a half, five hours of sleep. And wow. he's like, I feel fine. He's like, and you know, everybody's body is so wildly different. And so he would just get not that much sleep. Like he was living like I was in my early twenties, you know, not getting a lot of sleep. And then he's like doing his whole day and doing everything he had to do. And then coming back and doing what he needed to get done and reading a lot. He was like, yeah, I feel great. I get to do so much more stuff. That's awesome. I also wonder if there's psychologically like a, with oblivion looming ever nearer, you know, maybe you just don't want (laughs) to sleep as much. Big sleep coming up. Yeah, Yeah, you want to do what you got to do or do what you want to do, I guess. That's right. 
So do, do I anticipate, Layton, I didn't answer your question though. Do I anticipate myself getting up earlier and earlier? No, not at any time in the near future, but you know, come 20 years from now when I'm in my sixties, who the fuck knows? Yeah. When so, we're all fighting there. in the water wars, maybe you'll be up at like 2 a.m. Yeah, or something. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be an admiral in the water wars. <laughs> mm. That's my, that's my plan. Can, so, oh, can you get the cool hat? Like the swoop hat, you know, the one that they used oh, to Oh yeah, the, the, the swoop one. Yeah, 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 mine yeah. will have a little wave on it because it's the water. Oh, yeah. cool. That's yeah. Cool. You also have like, like an eye wave. patch. You still have your eye, but you just decided <laughs> to start wearing an eye patch. Can I yeah. say one of the best visual gags in any pirate movie is when a pirate needs to look through the spyglass and they lift up their eye patch to look through the spyglass. Mm-hmm. Always funny. Yeah. Yep. Always funny. Yeah. If you're making a pirate movie out there, put that in. You'll get a laugh out of it. I promise you. <laughs> They did that on Mythbusters. Like they set up a whole thing with eye patches of like, mm-hmm. if you have to oh, navigate really? this obstacle course thing, yep. like does it actually work if you cover your eye and then go in the dark? I forget if it was busted or not. Yeah. I love those Mythbusters. They sure do bust myths. And they're really good at it. They were really good at it. They don't do it anymore, but they were very, very good at it. I should watch that with Audrey. I bet she'd be really into it. She's been oh. super into Mark Rober stuff recently. So that's exactly the kind of stuff she's excited about. Oh, what I was going to say is, do you know where uh, modern pirate accent comes from? Do you know this? I think I do, maybe. But I remember doing some research on this because I had to audition for something that needed a a pirate accent, but not too cartoony. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to a lot of stuff and I don't want to say it because I know I'm wrong. I Now well, I have no, no confidence in myself. What do you think? Come on. Is it? No. It, oh, yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hit me. What is it? No, no. What is it? What is it? Is it Welsh? No, it's... I have no confidence now. <laughs> yeah. No, you're, you're not far. You're not far off. Okay. So I believe it's Cornish. Cornish. That's what it is. Yes. Okay, so there's yes. one actor whose name escapes me at the moment who played Long John Silver in Treasure Island, who spoke with a Cornish accent and... Chris Evans. Uh, for se- <laughs> What? <laughs> I'm kidding. For, Okay. I, what? No, explain this to me. I'm, I'm hung up on this. For sevens? No, Chris Evans. Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Oh, Chris. I thought you said for sevens. And I was like, no. it's like the Cornish yeah. snack after dinner. It's like 11s. 11s yeah, for right? sevens. Yeah, for sevens. Uh-huh. For seven. Oh, Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Chris Evans, um, yeah. So this guy whose name we could look up was Long John Silver in Treasure Island and spoke with this accent. And that movie was like a canonical pirate movie, you know, in the 50s, I think. And- he was so popular and the movie was so popular that people have just adopted his way of speaking as the way pirates talk. And if you watch it, that's what it is. And I've seen people describe going to Cornwall as being in like pirate country because people just <laughs> talk like this. Oh, I should, by the way, let me just fact check that what I'm saying is, is correct. Long. John what do you mean? You're not just going to confidently say misinformation on your podcast and accent. confidently, you know, just be like, yep, yeah. Yeah, Robert correct. Newton is the guy's name, and he is from. Am I right? Is it Cornish? Uh, it says English West Country farmer's accent. Isn't Cornwall in the north? Cornwall's the little, the little England's dick that sticks off in oh. the southwest. But is that where Bristol is? I forget. Real podcast fact check, real time. Yeah, I love this geography podcast. This is great. <laughs> it looks like Bristol is not quite. Cornwall. Okay. But it's close. But the, the accent is so fun. Anyone can do it. 
Alex, what's the trick of doing a good pirate accent? So if I were to do a good pirate, there's a lot of going up and then going back down again. And there's all sorts of things you can do. You know, you got to say things like that. And, you know, you put that uh, a lot of times when you do the long O, you go like, you know, you do that kind of thing. Yeah, and that's almost that's almost Irish, but not quite. Yeah, and of course that real like sort of gruff sound to it too. And then, yeah. I mean, honestly, you can't get better than Mr. Krabs if you just listen to Mr. Krabs. It's that's so right. True. You've got the pirate thing going on right there. I feel like people hit the R's a little hard, a little too hard because hard. it's like hard, hard. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You did it perfectly. Where you, you, you. Give, give it a little stank, as the pirates yeah. say. As the pirates famously said, put some stank on it. Put some stank on it, you mateys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you mateys. Arr, yeah. yeah. Wow, I'm very impressed with you whipping that out. But I guess I'm always impressed with the range of voices that you're able oh, to do. Oh, thank you. I'm very flattered. Thank you so much. That was a very solid pirate. So what, what did you, you have to do a pirate thing for? I cannot say. Oh, Okay. Let's leave it at that. I simply had to do a pirate voice for something. Hell yeah. You can tell us if you're training to become a pirate. Yeah. Well, I didn't <laughs> want to right. spoil it, but this is my announcement. <laughs> yes. I've given up content creation and I'm going to become a pirate. So. Full-time pirate. Yep. Full-time pirate. Not doing any of the pirate-like activities, just being and living the experience of a pirate. Very good. Contract scurvy. Yeah, contract scurvy. <laughs> uh, maybe lose some teeth, maybe a leg. Who knows? The sky's the limit, really. Well, the sea's the limit, I guess. <laughs> We, we may have talked about this on the show a long time ago, Leighton. Have you seen the video pirates? Would you call it a sketch? I guess sketch from the, I think it's the Amazon Women on the Moon movie. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. And I only remember this because of the name of that movie. <laughs> yes. So it's a sketch movie, I believe from Zucker, Abraham Zucker. Yeah. Uh, although I could be wrong about that. And they have pirates who are doing the pirate accent who are illegally watching videos. Videos. And it's, right, of course. Yeah, it's yeah. It's pretty great. I remember the uh, messages before every VHS I had warning me about them. Very dangerous, apparently, yes. if they needed that many warnings. <laughs> well, that's right. Well, so in this sketch, they watch that FBI warning message, mm-hmm. and the main pirate goes, oh, an FBI warning. I'm <laughs> so scared. <laughs> and it's really, really great. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. okay. Well, that was pretty good. There you go. Oh, you, thank, you got, thank that you. was a very uh, kind of Rex Harrison thing you got going on. Yeah, there. exactly. Rex Harrison, a notoriously cool person that everybody loved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brian, I want the supercut of you calling terrible people cool guys. Yeah. Because, well, <laughs> including the shit that we had to cut out of the saw. Oh, well, we can't. <laughs> yeah, we have to keep that episode was about half an hour shorter than. Uh, what we recorded because I was doing an extended bit where I was a right wing media person and I decided <laughs> that making truth social jokes yeah. as Jory and I are begging you to stop. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I don't want this out there in the world. And then I got legitimately like a little bit mad at you and was like, for all the shit that you ask us to cut out of this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. But you have to admit it was funny. Say it. Admit it. Say it. Come on. No, that reaction was for the video people only. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, okay. That was a yes. For for any, anyone. Chittering. We cut out the yes. Yeah, that's right. And anyone who's just listening to this, we cut out Leighton saying the word yes, but on the video, she's nodding vigorously mm-hmm. and doing the like the big thumbs up and like pointing at me like, yeah, you did yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> you did it. Everybody, this is Leighton Knight. 
with Brian Wacht. Sitting across from me, we have Leighton Gray. Oh, that's me. That's my name. Mystery guest. Would you care to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, my name is Alex, uh, or uh, some people know me as Octopimp online. God, I've gone by that name for like 13 years now. Anyway. It's been a while, yeah. It's been a while, yeah. I've been doing stuff for a little bit. So thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, dude. It has been years since you and I have seen each other. Yes. Which is crazy. Yes. In the back of my mind, I keep trying to think of when it was, and I think it probably was some social event. I feel like it was like a Game Grumps Halloween party or something like that, which would have been a while ago. Yeah, that must have been a long time ago. But yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me and, and having me here to discuss uh, U.S. Acres, which we eventually <laughs> okay. will do at some point. Are we, is this it? This is it. This is it. So why? Why did that? Why? <laughs> what was the What birthed that? I don't know. Not us talking about it, but U.S. Acres itself. So first of all, I have yes. to like Ben Kissel this. What the fuck are we talking about? Okay. okay. So you're familiar with Jim Davis, creator of Garfield. Of course. Right. Garfield, the phenom, talking cat. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, talking, thinking. I guess that's up to interpretation, isn't it? John can't understand him, probably, right? We think. We, we it's think. never been explicitly stated. But Garfield's, am I correct? It's thought bubbles, right? It's yeah, not yes. speech bubbles. No, he yeah. does not talk in, unless he's screaming. Sometimes, like, when he sees a spider right. or something, I think he says, like, <sighs> yow or what have you. you right. Know, some, <laughs> right. Some interjection, I don't know. By, by the way, th- there's nothing more unsettling than early Garfield. Before Garfield's design got locked maybe a year or two into this comic strip, early Garfield looks very different. He's got Whoa. smaller, beadier eyes and like yeah. stick legs. John looks fucked up too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. John still looks fucked up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Early Garfield. I mean, I was an early adopter in the Garfield Oh, first, because I'm old. Did you get in on the ground floor? You know, I don't like to brag, but I really did. I wow, did. lucky. I was, I was there. I was there. Uh, you know, I was born in 1975. I okay. was a child when Garfield first took the world by storm. Right. And I could not have been more into Garfield. I had all the books. I had the Garfield telephone. Whoa, You know, really? you pick up the phone on my back. Yep. Okay. I had a gigantic stuffed Garfield, and I'm talking like a two-footer. You know, like a hot, maybe even higher, three. Did you fuck it? I fucked it all the time. Are you kidding me? <laughs> of course I fucked it. Who wasn't fucking Garfield back then? Exactly. It was the 80s. <laughs> you, you, you would do a couple bumps of coke and then fuck Garfield. Garfield. Yeah. And then we, I put on my pastel sport jacket and roll up the sleeves and walk out uh, while listening to Hollow Notes. It's everything I imagined what the 80s were like. Right down to Garfield. Say? That's what it was. And so anyway, Garfield hits and hits big. And so I don't know the actual story behind this, but I assume Jim Davis then is looking for what's my next big thing, right? I need, I need a new strip. And so he comes up with U.S. Acres, a strip which takes place on a farm and ran for, I think, a few years at least as a daily comic strip. Mm-hmm. Now, could I tell you what the names of any U.S. Acres characters are? No, I could not. I believe there was a... Oh, yes, Alex. Okay, now I think you can take over here. <laughs> Orson, Sheldon. Orson! Uh, right. Orson was the, was the main pig, the pig because he was named pig, after Orson right? Wells? Wells. Maybe? Who else names their character Orson <laughs> after whatever? It's a good name. It is a good name. Roy? 
Wade. Wade was the duck because Wade, Wade had yes, a very weird gimmick in the cartoon. Wade was a duck who wore a floaty ring around his stomach. Oh, that's right. Yes. And he, it had a little sort of Pharaoh-esque face of himself on the thing that would mirror his every expression for mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. reason. So whenever he would be surprised or angry or whatever, the face on the front of his floaty ring would mirror it. Very That's weird. Right. I, it was also, it was always distracting to me. Anyway, Bo, the weasel wow. who I don't know if he had a name. I don't think he did. And then those are the only ones I can remember off the top of my head. Wait, is there a walking egg? Yes, that's Sheldon. Oh, yes, the egg. Yes, of yeah. course. Sheldon, yes. He didn't want to come out of his shell. He was perfectly fine being an egg instead of being a chicken. Or I don't know if, I think it was a chicken. I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now, and there are a lot of voices listed here. So was this an animated show as well? Yes, yes. That's what I think of when I think of U.S. Acres. There was a cartoon. Oh. It was part of Garfield and Friends because it wasn't just Garfield. It was Garfield and Friends, you know, and that extends beyond. We're talking Odie. We're talking Normal. We're talking, yeah, Dr. Liz. Arlene. Yes. The dog next door. Yeah. How many How many uh, supporting Garfield characters can we name? Liz, the vet. Lyman. Lyman, of course, Lyman. Who could forget Lyman? Lyman, who was written out because yes. they were worried it was making John seem too gay. What? <laughs> that I did L- not Lyman. know. No, no. Well, don't you remember? How could you fucking forget this? Yeah. Odie was Lyman's dog. That's right. Lyman and John were roommates. Yeah. And Odie was Lyman's dog. They they, they were roommates. That's right. And in the early days of Garfield, Lyman and John were two men living together. And then I think as is common knowledge, but I'm not clear that this is actually documented anywhere. People were like, wait, what's the deal with John and Lyman? And then Lyman... Just vanished. <laughs> wow, Jim Davis really pulling a barrier gaze. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Jim Davis. Jim Davis and Paws Inc. We're calling you out. <laughs> Is Jim Davis even still alive? Yeah, I, yes, I think. Oh, he's not even that old. He's 77. Wow. He's- yeah, which is funny because like, I remember seeing pictures of him from when Garfield was getting big and he already looks pretty old. Yeah, wow. Fuck. That Garfield money keeps him young. Wait, it like automatically suggested his net worth to me, which, oh, holy shit. Hold on. Different Jim Davis, different Jim Davis, oh, sorry. okay. This is the American billionaire businessman. I was going to say Garfield, Jim Davis, if I had to guess, I'm going to say $100 million. I think that's fair. Just a random guess. It's like 40 years of one of the most iconic. No way, that cannot, this cannot be right. There's no way. What, this one to five million? Davis Garfield net worth. No, no, no. I have it here. According to celebritynetworth.com, which is, we all know, is a very accurate. <laughs> Super reliable. Yeah, accurate. I believe it says my net worth is like 20 million or something. <laughs> or it, whatever it says. I was like, please, if only. Okay, so Jim Davis is apparently worth $800 million. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean. That. We'll see. That's crazy. I want like true fact checks of the major celebrity networks because these are the websites where we'll give you like 10 sentences like Jim Davis is an American cartoonist. He is a cartoonist who is American, who is famous for drawing the comic Garfield and like just keeps going for 10 paragraphs, Mm -hmm. reiterating the same. What's on the main page of Celebrity Net Worth? Nothing good. 
Yeah, here it says my net worth is five million. If <laughs> fucking only. <laughs> there was a, a celebrity birthday site that had me on there and a long time ago, somebody must have added me and it said I was 14 years old when I was like 27. Uh-huh. So people would continually be like, you're only 18. I'm like, God, I wish. No, I'm, I'm like, I'm in my early thirties. It says I'm 20 or whatever. And I'm just like, Oh man, I wish I would have started earlier, but here I am 35 years old. <laughs> There was, I think on like maybe the Game Grumps wiki or something, there were a bunch of folks in the office who people, I guess, had just made up last names for. Oh <laughs> I, for- I forget what Jory's was, but Ike's was Ike Mancini. And so now every time I think of Ike, I just think Ike Mancini. <laughs> That's fucking That's- awesome. That's a great 70s porn name. Ike, Ike Mancini. Mancini. Yes, Ike Mancini. It's either a 70s porn name or like a really early football player. Mm. Like, yes, like that's right. 50s football player would be yeah. Ike Mancini for <laughs> Ike, sure. I like that a lot. Mancini has the rock. <laughs> He's taking it all the way. The 50, <laughs> the 40. Mancini closing in. That that's I could absolutely hear that broadcast. 100%. If I had to make up a fake last name for Jory, it would be Jory Jory. So his full name would be Jory Jory Jory. <laughs> yeah, famously, his middle name is also Jory. Jory, 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 Jory. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, if you had to pick a new last name, what would you pick? Same goes to you, Brian. Anything oh, other than what I have now. <laughs> I've thought about this at length from when I was a child. Really? I hate my last name because it also means disgusting, which, you know, mm-hmm. a lot Did of you fun get growing up. Bullied. Oh, mercilessly. Are you are you Jewish, Alex? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. So it's the Jewish gross. Literally, I went to a Jewish day school growing up, preschool, almost borderline immersion, where we would have to speak Hebrew for two hours, three hours a day. And then, oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. And then we would, in fact, we would have to sing a, oh my God, this is weird thinking back about it. We have to sing a little song about how we can't speak English for like the next couple hours. <laughs> Do you remember uh, the song? Yes. No me de ber anglit. No me de ber It means do not speak English. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. And so I grew up going to that school. And even then with people who, with kids who, this was not an uncommon last name, still got made fun of. No, it's a very common Jewish surname. Yep. It is. Gross, Grossman, all that kind of sure. stuff is very common. But, you know, kids. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, Grove. I've, I always considered oh, was an Alex one. Grove. That's fucking hot as hell. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because I thought it's the same initials. It's mm-hmm. the same amount of letters. It's the same sound. It's just a vastly different meaning. You're just removing the S's. Yeah. I'm just taking the S's and just subbing them in. It's just like they're understudies, you know? And so that was my last name that I considered for a long time. And then I found out how absolutely difficult it is to change your last name without getting married. And uh, mm-hmm. I was like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> I guess I could have done a stage name, but whatever. Yeah. What about you, Brian? Uh, if I had to pick another last name, probably Avidan. Mmm. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Because then people could be like, are you guys married? And I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know. You just are send we? them a link to if we were gay, you know? Yeah, exactly. Out. I don't know. You judge. You tell me. Uh, no, I have a really good last name because it is unusual. It's a Jewish last name, but it is an unusual Jewish last name. There are other Jewish names that are similar, like Wexler, Wechter, 
Sometimes mm-hmm. you see WEX, W-E-X. I've never actually verified this. I always have assumed that it comes from like money changer, like in German, like a Yiddish word, like Wechsel, mm-hmm. which is not mm-hmm. implausible, but also I don't really know. So I've never wanted to change my last name at all because it is unusual enough that I think there's like one other Brian Wecht out there, but it's also, I have a Celtic first name and a Jewish last name, which is very American, but also Mm. unusual enough that there's no reason for me to change it. And my last name doesn't mean anything except, okay, well, the only negative thing about my last name, which I believe I've mentioned on the show is when I taught high school. On the nameplate to my office door, the kids would write an E before Wecht. So it said Mr. E. Wecht. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Which I thought was great and never did anything about. I was like, if I take this down, <laughs> it's only going to go back up. Yeah. And also it's fucking funny. Yeah, so, credit words do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wait, what's your middle name, Brian? Alexander. Mm. Alexander. My middle name is Brian. What? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I was named after, I have a great uncle who was an artist uh, in the like early 20th century and was a painter along with John Singer Sargent as part of the Ashcan School and has a lot of artworks of like ghetto Jewish life in New York in like the 1910s, 1920s. Oh, wow. I I never knew him. Uh, He died before I was born, but he was a big part of my parents' life. And we had a lot of his art around the house. He did these big oil paintings. It's like, he's really, really cool stuff. Wow. That's awesome. If anyone wants to look him up, his name was Alexander Z. Cruz, K-R-U-S-E. And he is my great uncle, I think. Oh, that's cool. Yep. So he's not by any means a well-known artist, but he has like a few things in museums here and there. And he was a contemporary of that, you know, early 20th century. Like Ashcan was like, you know, realistic paintings of actual life scenes that, that were happening in cities and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What about you, Layton? Yes. Oh, shit. This is always the thing that I do where I ask a question and then I don't uh, even consider. I, listen, man, my name's a paint color. Your name rules, honestly. Your name's great. Thank you. Yeah, I don't, I can't think of anything else. Yeah, you've got a, you've got a superhero secret identity name. Like fucking yes, that's totally correct. Yeah. Yes, she does. I've always gotten the like that. It sounds like you're an author, which. Yes. That's what Google says I am on the info card, supposedly, uh-huh. which is not accurate, but okay. Okay, if Leighton Gray is your civilian name as a superhero, what's your superhero name? And it can't just also be Leighton Gray. It has to be something else. This means that I have to invent a whole superhero persona. Good, yeah. Sure. Uh, something, help, sleeping, something about sleeping. That's, that's me. The somnambulist? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Why not? Good. I love Great. it. You fight crime when you're asleep and you have wake up and you have no memory of which it. Is, that's which is cool. funny because that's the exact opposite of the Dr. Caligari where he only causes crime <laughs> right. when he's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a thing that happens to me sometimes. I will wake up at 3 or 4 a.m., but I'm not really conscious until I'm like halfway to my kitchen. And then it's like, well... I guess I'm snacking. Time but. to fight crime. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, wait, you wake up as you're, <laughs> as you're walking to get food. Yeah, like I'm not super conscious of the actual waking up and being like, time to get food. I just am like, oh, I'm walking to the kitchen to get food now. So I expect mm-hmm. it to huh. escalate fully to sleepwalking and then fighting crime. Sure, yes. sure. And you wake Someday. up mid-flip. 
Right. You're in the middle <laughs> of a flip and suddenly you wake up and you're like, oh shit. I'm like, I don't know how to do a backflip. I can already see the storyboard in my head. You realize that your powers are awake while you're asleep and you're like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. That's <laughs> right. trying to convince yourself to go to sleep. I love this. And you're always waking up in the middle of some like something where you have to use those powers. You're like yeah. mid skydive or something like that. You're <laughs> falling out of a plane, right? You, you know, there's a knife coming right for your head and mm -hmm. it's exactly when your adrenaline would kick in, but you have to shut it off. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love exactly. this. That's right. And then it's me just waking up in the middle of like a hostage situation being like, uh, uh, in my yeah. coffee. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to I'm going to keep uh just spitballing here. Maybe some of your superpowers are that you're so relaxed that anything can happen to your body. And it doesn't affect you at all. Right? You can like fall out of a plane and hit the ground. But you know what they always say, you're not supposed to tense up when you do something like that. You're supposed to relax. And you are so relaxed when you're asleep that anything can you're indestructible because you are the most relaxed person in the world, which is the opposite of your waking self, Leighton <laughs> Gray, right? <laughs> Who is the least relaxed person, just, yeah. you know, a type A, grade A alpha bitch, right? <laughs> Where you are constantly like high strung. I love calling my severe anxiety being an alpha bitch. I like that framing way better. Thank she you very girl much. bosses too hard. That's right. That's what I'm saying. So yep. in your, your waking life, you are the most high strung, like exacting, blah, 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 blah. And you go to sleep and you're I'm like chill gravy. as fuck, dude. That's right. I think we're onto something here. Nice. Love that. Not a bad pitch. I'm into it. Except some somnambulist. It needs to be like the somnambulatrix. Or something like that, Ooh. right? It, it needs a little bit extra stank, as the pirates say. Yeah, as, uh, <laughs> put a little stank on there. <laughs> I love fake superheroes names. Mm -hmm. I think a good one and a funny concept is so good. Like, that's such a funny visual joke for me, which is why I love Venture Brothers so much, because they yes, do that all the, the time. It's the it's best. One of the best shows that does that is some of yeah. their bits are so good. But I want to ruminate that unless we come up with something better because I know I can come up with a good one. I know I can. I know I can do this. Do you want to do that right now or do you want to think on it and then we'll come back to it? Okay. Okay. S sleepwalking. Um, the... By the way, your primary antagonist is Mike Birbiglia here. <laughs> <laughs> the second most famous sleepwalker in the world. Sleepwalker isn't bad. It's true. Yeah, but there could be so much more. It could be so much more. You're right. Um, the sleep. The sleep runner. Ooh. Sleep sprinter. You're, you're not just walking, sleep. you're running. Yeah. Dream girl. Dream girl is Dream very girl good. Is Dream very, girl is very, very good. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do like that. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to pitch this. Sick. Who's your sidekick? My sidekick is this bottle of Zoloft. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. My bottle of Zoloft can talk. Let me get my sidekick really fast. You pull out the bottle and it does the action shot of just you holding the bottle. Yeah, that's very, or, or it should be Ambien in this case, right? <laughs> I guess, God, a superhero on like a ton of Ambien. Oh no, okay. <laughs> Your sidekick is also an anthropomorphic girl version of Ambien called Ambien. 
Oh, A M B I E N N E. Ambien, yeah, yeah. Right. So this is a a vintage Reddit thing because now this sub is dog shit, as has happened to many classic subs. But there was an Ambien subreddit, yes, that used to be great because it was people genuinely just posting while they were on Ambien. But they always on that sub they always talked about the walrus, <laughs> like they, yeah. they all ended up seeing a walrus with their Ambien. So this is like Benadryl hat guy. Sorry, Benadryl is spiders. Oh, who's the hat guy? Hat man is just an overall like hat r- night terror. I see. Drugs, you know, you see the hat man. That has to be one of your villains. Hat man has to be <laughs> one of your villains then. This is great. Yes. There's got to be some interaction of like sleep paralysis demons. Oh yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Sleep paralysis demons can be sort of like the general evil that you fight. You know, and then once in a while, the sleep paralysis demons form into a new powerful entity, you know, as they do. Because everybody knows that every 10 sleep paralysis demons manifest. They're going to fucking Voltron if you get enough of them together. That's right. Fit together, yeah. (laughs) That's great. You you would get a lot of surreal imagery. And, you know, if it was anything like my actual dreams, it would just be like, bug. I I had a dream last night. This is everybody's favorite thing. But- a bunch of stressful shit was happening, but then also the bed that I was having to sleep in was filled with beetles. And then I like went to take a shit in the dream bathroom and there was like a huge wasp nest on the ceiling. Ooh, and, bugs. you know, I was just trying to shit while I'm getting attacked by wasps. God. It was great. <laughs> if I had a nickel, let me tell you. Yeah, that's right. God, yeah. it's the worst. I'd have two and it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> The more and more I hear about people's dreams, the more I realize that, like, I never dream. I just don't. Like, it's very rare. I hardly ever, ever. And if I do, I don't remember it. Even as a kid? Do you want to trade? Never. Never. Wow. The best way I can describe my dreams is it's like, imagine trying to watch a movie as a GIF. Mm -hmm. It's, like, really fast. And it's sort of, you, like, go into Photoshop and turn down the opacity so mm-hmm. that it's like 50% with a black background and everything just looks like sort of dark and transparent and it's happening really fast and then you wake up. I, I like I remember huh. maybe maybe 2 seconds of a dream if it ever happens and wow. I realized that maybe I'm unusual that I don't dream very much but it, ever since I was a kid I have not I I kind dreamed. of have that too. Like I'll remember a dream every once in a while but very rarely. Yeah. And pretty much the ones where I do remember are those like in between your alarm going off type yeah. dreams, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Those like early morning, you're snoozing and suddenly you have some weird ass dream for three minutes, mm-hmm. that that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I actually how relate. it is for me too. You, you dream all the time? Yes. Even when I nap. Vividly? Vividly. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm on so much medication that my dreams just go absolutely apeshit and I'll be in them and I'll be like, we've been doing this for a very long time. Can we stop? Like they feel very long. It's sick. I love it. I would love to get to where you two are. Also, I would imagine for you, Layden, doing this podcast with me as like a waking dream. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like the ultimate (laughs) uh, good dream because of how fun it is totally and fulfilling. I appreciate my podcast, Sleep Paralysis Demon. That's right. (laughs) Which is just me screaming, stop moving. Yeah. I guess neither of you have had sleep paralysis, night terrors, anything? Like once or twice, maybe a long time ago. But then I just alpha my way out of it, usually. (laughs) 
You just willed yourself out of it. Damn. Yeah. Really on that Sigma grind set. <laughs> That's what I do. When I see a sleep paralysis, I walk up to it and I'm like, no, I paralyze you. You don't paralyze me. I paralyze you. And Imagine giving flips. a sleep paralysis demon sleep paralysis. That's right. <laughs> I, yeah. In my, in my dreams, I get one of those giant oversized mallets and uh-huh. I go, kabonk. Yeah, and then it <laughs> and then, it, and then he's like a little flat disc and rolls around yep. like a, like yeah. a plate on the ground. That's exactly then, right. Yes, That's so, it. Yeah. Yep. Now that I was thinking about it, I might have had sleep paralysis once, but I couldn't tell you if it was actually sleep paralysis because I remember I, it was when I was really sick and I had the flu, but it could have just been a fever dream because rarely when I dream am I in the place that I'm in while I'm you know asleep. But for this one particular time, I remember I was like face down on my bed and like looking over my shoulder and there was this like rat man in the corner of my room. And he only, he only, he moved like a sprite in an old video game. So he was like this <laughs> and he was like walking towards my bed. This is great. And I kept trying to kick him. I kept trying to like kick at him, but I couldn't, like I, I couldn't move. And so, because I remember trying to make my body kick my right leg at him to keep him away, but I couldn't. So he just stood by the edge of my bed going like this. <laughs> that was it. That's all I remember. I've, I don't think I've ever told that story in my life because I didn't think anything about it. I thought it was just a dream, but I guess maybe that was what sleep paralysis is I like. remember as a kid, I was probably 10 or younger, having some kind of sleep paralysis and behind me hearing like a... Oh, like no crazy <laughs> roaring and screaming to the extent where it freaked me out for years afterwards. I remember like going to bed and like doing a quick check to make sure there's not some Ew. like monster portal opening up yeah. uh, behind my head. God, but, that's wild. It's crazy how dreams can stick with you for years yes. and years and years like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you have any kid dreams, Layton, that stuck with you? Me? Oh, big time. I mean, I, as I've said on this show or minisodes before, like there is like deep dream lore within my brain where dreams will like reference other dreams that I have forgotten about in waking life. And it's like, oh yeah, I had that one like two years ago. Anyway, one that really stands out for me, I think maybe the first time I ever felt pain in a dream, which is a thing that to this day still happens. I was very afraid of aliens as a child. The movie or the concept? Both, all. Okay. Okay. Any alien, horrified, okay. just very fixated on it. But it was like a major alien invasion dream. And the aliens like stuck me with a needle and I felt it. <sighs> oh, and I God. remember going to school and <sighs> I was so <sighs> fucked up over that dream. And I remember it very vividly. Um, but yeah, like in dreams, I can get, say, stung by a wasp while taking a shit and I feel it. Mm-hmm. Like it's mostly like getting bitten by snakes or some other like sharp feeling. It's weird. (sighs) Folks, if you feel pain in dreams, sound off in the comments below. That seems atypical, right? Most people I know, I don't think feel pain in dreams. I've never felt pain. I have had grievous bodily injury in dreams, but never felt it, never. It always comes as a surprise to me in the dream because like something will happen to me and I'm like, oh, that didn't hurt. Oh, it's a dream, I wake up. Like that always happens. Oh, interesting. And like I said, there's no context for why this was happening, but it's just like a quick image. I was being shot with these very ornate golden arrows, Mm -hmm. and then I would see them enter my body and then come out the other side, and I'd be like, oh, that didn't hurt. I'm going to wake up. 
And it's just like, just that two seconds oh. is all I remember of that dream. I have no what? context for why that was happening or anything else, just that particular scene. So yeah, but I never felt anything. I never felt pain in dream. Hmm. Wow. Rachel, I have a comedy friend from Boston. And one year we were talking about, this is years ago now, uh, New Year's resolutions. And I will always remember his New Year's resolution was to not listen to people talk about their dreams, <laughs> which I thought was a great because it involves something other people are doing, <laughs> which he in principle has no control over. And then also, how do you manifest that? Like someone starts to tell you about a dream and you're like, uh, sorry, bud, not happening. Not today. Not today. <laughs> not this year. If it's so important, tell me about it in my dream. All right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See me tonight. <laughs> You're going to fight me in my dream? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that I've said it, I'll see you. Bring your fists. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys watch Tenet? The Christopher Nolan movie. Did you watch Tenet? No, but I saw pictures of it and I was like, that looks cool. And then I didn't watch it. I watched it around the time it came out. Okay. Didn't really like it. Okay. It's very Nolan-y, right? There's a lot of like shit going on and nothing makes sense and it looks pretty cool, but you don't really understand anything. And I recently rewatched it while I was on my TV watching spree of the last week while being sick. Mm -hmm. And I liked it a lot more. And I'm curious if anyone had this experience with it. And we don't have to talk about this if neither of you saw it. No, but no, I didn't. I, was but I, I have had that experience with a movie before. Yeah. Like what? I definitely had that experience with the abyss. The movie oh, The Abyss. Ooh, okay. The first time I watched The Abyss, this is different because I was not super young, but younger, like in my early teens. And my dad loves sci-fi, so he made me watch The Abyss. And I was like, eh, I didn't like that movie. And then I watched it again. And I was like, that movie was pretty good, actually. Yeah. That happened to me with Big Lebowski. Honestly, I saw it in the theaters. Whoa, really? Like when it came out, uh, I was like, eh, whatever. And I was a big Coen Brothers fan. And then like six months later or something, I was like, what? I want to see that movie again. So bad. <laughs> After kind of dismissing it when I saw it. And then I was like, wait a minute. I think this might be one of my favorite movies of all time. And it went from like, uh, to I love this film. And then I've been squarely in. I love this film ever since. It's mm -hmm. so fucking good. It's such a good comfort movie. I had the same experience with Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind that I watched oh. for the first time as part of the film club that I started in high school. And I didn't really like it. And then I watched it again like two years later. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's the nice. best. It's great. That is a great, I feel like that movie is the perfect amount of Charlie Kaufman. Yes. Did you see? Uh, Synecdoche? No, I was going to say, I think you should leave. Oh, I'm thinking of ending things. Thank you. Yes, that. Did you see it? Because that's I full did. Kaufman. I did. And I think we may have even talked about it on the show. We probably did. Did you see this, Alex? No, I didn't. That one was, it's very depressing and is much harder to understand, although not actually hard to understand. Mm -hmm. It helps that I, I, I read the book novella a long right. time before it came out. And then when it was announced, I was like, God, this is going to suck. And so my expectations were dirt low. And then I watched it with Jory and I loved it. We both loved it. It was great yeah, for me. It's a great but, movie. But, but knowing the bit helps having read You have the to book. figure it out when yeah. you're watching the movie and they don't really explain it. 
But knowing the bit, it's obvious from the very beginning. So, you know, very different mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. Alex, what else are you watching like lately? Oh my God. Uh, a lot of YouTube videos, be- just because like my schedule doesn't allow me to, well, I say this and I was just like, <laughs> well, you know, I'm constantly like editing something or streaming or whatever. But then I sit down and watch a three and a half hour H Bomber Guy video. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I do have time to watch things. Maybe I watch this three and a half uh, hour video about Fallout New Vegas. No. Oh, I rewatched the HBO Watchmen series, which I love. I think that show is phenomenal. That is so good. It's like one of my favorite TV shows in the past couple long years. Wow. Yeah, that one's really, really good. Jeremy Irons, fantastic in it. Just a wonderful performance from him. What a performance from everybody in there. Everybody, yeah. Everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you guys? You watching anything? I watched a lot of fucking TV in the last week while okay. trying not to get my family ill. I've been watching Larry Sanders, the Larry Sanders show okay. on HBO, uh, which is great. Mm-hmm. Oh, I started watching uh, Winning Time, the HBO series about the Lakers in the oh. 70s and 80s. Okay. Which I don't give... <laughs> Two shits about any of the following things. Okay. Baskets or balls. <laughs> I'm 50% there with you. Yeah. I love a good basket. Now, I, I don't care about sports or basketball or whatever, but it's like John C. Riley in a 70s, 80s period piece about LA. Sure. Fucking why not? It's God, pretty great. He's so good in 70s, 80s period pieces. Yes, he is. Boogie Nights is anything to go by. <laughs> he's phenomenal. <laughs> it's very that. It's, it's Adam McKay, you know, mm. kind of run. Ooh, ooh, does it have terrible snap zooms in it? <laughs> uh, so what I was going to say is if you don't like everything Adam McKay does, you're not going to like this. There's <laughs> a lot of talking to the camera. There's weird shots, a lot of sudden cuts, you know, Whatever. It, it, it's very Adam McKay, but it works. I like it. Hell yeah. Yeah. What other YouTube videos are you watching? Yes, let's talk YouTube. So I saw you for the first time in years at Aaron and Susie's New Year's yes. thing, where yes. I, as listeners of our previous episode know, that I oh, hell yeah. was drinking a fun new flavor of White Claw. Which Do you know the story, Alex? White- no. What? There's more to this? No, but you saw me fucked up at that thing because yeah. I did not know that White Claw Surge is double the ABV of regular White Claw. Code red, White Claw. That's yeah. why it's White Claw Surge, Layton. I thought it was just a fun new flavor. Hold on. <laughs> pa- pa- pause for one moment. What is fucked up Layton like, Alex? Don't. Um, <laughs> don't do this? Okay. We don't have to do this. Funny. Thanks. We were talking about Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Okay, actually. so just like regular Layton. Got it? Yeah, Moving yeah. On. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Alex, I vomited yes. in the lift on the way back. Oh, no. It, it was all those like, you know, two foot long Twizzlers. And it was not. It came out whole. Those things were too much Twizzles. Those those rum balls were really good too. The ones that, uh, that Susie made, those were incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very fun evening that I fucked yes. up by being a dipshit. Anyway. The conversation was nice. Thanks. It's truly a humiliating way to uh, to do it. <laughs> but not made more humiliating by telling the story over and over and over again when I ask you to. Okay, to be fair, as others have said about me, I wear my shame on my sleeve. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, what's the point of me humiliating myself if I'm not going to do a funny bit about no, it? No, that's true. So Unfortunately, no. that sleeve is now covered in white claw surge and Twizzlers. Oh, <laughs> yes, indeed it is. What the fuck was I going to say before I got YouTube. into this bullshit? YouTube. Oh, yes. What other YouTube you watching? Oh, um, I think I ran out of Defunct Land to watch. Oh, the best. Which so good. It's the best. I love Defunct Land. I moved this summer very suddenly while driving between my old place and my new place. I had to listen to something. And because of the sort of audio nature of a lot of those videos, I almost liken a lot of those videos to Radiolab. Like you can just sort of <laughs> yeah. listen to them and you don't really, you can watch the visuals obviously, but you don't really need to. We had Kevin on the show like a year and a half ago. That's yeah. awesome. That's so cool. He's he so was great. so fun to talk to. Yeah. His stuff is wonderful. And then let's see what else have I been watching. Oh, so my dad visited a little while ago and he signed into his YouTube on my TV and he was watching Acorn to Arabella, which I don't know if you've watched, which is um, this guy who is building like a humongous sailing ship starting with just the wood. So Uh, he is making everything. Oh my God. Everything. He had to go to a machine shop and get the prop shaft machined. He is building the cabin and he built this essentially like shipwrights quarters in his backyard where he is like assembling the ship section by section by section and lacquering the wood himself and doing it all. And, and, and it's crazy. It's He's massive. on like episode. Yeah, oh, it's human. This is not okay, like a sailboat. This is, this is like a ship. Dude's building Noah's Ark. Yeah, it is tremendously huge and way bigger than you Whoa. think it is. Like, yeah, oh, shit. yeah, yeah. So if if you at home are picturing a ship, picture about twice that, or like a sailboat, picture maybe two or three times that big. This is nuts. Look at this thing. It's humongous. And I watched one episode because it was on my recommended because my dad was still signed into my YouTube on on my TV. And then I just went back and watched a bunch of those because <laughs> it's very cool seeing people build stuff. Awesome. Yeah, it's an awesome YouTube channel. It's very cool. Is he going to take it out on the water when yes, it's done? Yes, he wants, he wants wow. to launch it. He wants to sail on that thing. Actually, the episode about the prop shaft is very interesting because they take it to a machine shop and they like have the machine lathe and it makes it and everything and cuts the the threading on the screw and all that stuff. And it's really cool. Wow. I So just watching that kind of thing was very interesting to see them build this whole ship. This is exactly the kind of thing I would be awful at doing. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, same. Much to my dad's disappointment because he, <laughs> he is very much that kind of person. Uh-huh. Um but then I sort of got on that, like, watching people build things, and I watched Bush Radical. Bush Radical goes in the wilderness and builds cabins, goes out there, makes a cabin. And so the whole video is just him, like, I'm out here in Alaska. Oh, this is I'm cool. Gonna, I'm going to build a Look cabin. Look at this. They're very um, liminal spaces. They're very just, like, cozy, small, like, one-room cabins. And it's great because he just hooks up a, a stove in there and just hangs out and it's awesome. Yeah, I love that. I love that kind of stuff. That's tight. Yeah, YouTube is so great for just like watching people who are very obsessed with a thing, just creating the thing. Primitive technology, baby. Primitive technology. This is what pisses me off when olds are like, there's kids with their YouTubes and their TikToks. They completely neglect this entire side of digital stuff 
which is people doing awesome shit that they love, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that mm-hmm. requires talent, that they have a gift for explaining and showing hard work. So they're making videos about it. You know, it, like it is really dismissive to, you know, YouTube, don't never let your kids watch YouTube because blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. okay, be careful about what they watch, of course. Yeah. Sit down that old person and pop on some Steve 1989 MRE info. Oh, I have a friend who, when he goes AFK, just puts on those videos in front of his stream. It's nuts. It's that or Badlands Chugs. Wait, what's Badlands Chugs? Oh, I don't know Badlands oh, Chugs. Oh, baby, you've never watched <laughs> Badlands Chugs. Okay, this is my pulp YouTube stuff that I watch. It's this dude who gets those oh giant boot glasses and Whoa. then just drinks various things. <gasps> like, he, oh, yeah, let's go, Badlands Whoa. Chugs. Enough this- talk. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Wait, this guy's name is Badlands. Is that right? His username. I hope that's his real name. <laughs> no, no, yeah, but that's his. That's what he goes by on this. Yeah, yeah Badlands Chugs. Yeah, yeah. Wow, oh, amazing. Don't watch the Beans one if you're squeamish. That one's a rough okay. watch. Wow, three point three million subscribers. Yeah, this is yeah. bananas. This feels like the more well-adjusted version of Shoe Nice Twenty Two. <laughs> <laughs> Badlands Chugs actually seems like a pretty cool guy. Every time I watch him, I'm like, God, I want a soda right now. Because <laughs> he'll do like an entire boot full of Sprite Cranberry. And I'm like, that looks pretty good. <laughs> I heard that Sprite Cranberry is really good. I never tried it. I would drink it. a Sprite Cranberry. Sure. What, what do you two think about reaction videos? Talk to me about this genre of YouTube. What is your opinion of it as a general form? The only true good one is the super mega video in which Ryan reacts to a scene from Kangaroo Jack. (laughs) (laughs) It's like 30 seconds or something. It's the best. In general, I think it's good if the person's really funny. If they're really funny and they're genuinely like clever, then okay, sure. Otherwise, then eh, it's just not for me. It's not something I would ever watch. I agree with you. I rarely see a reaction video where I'm like, awesome. Mm -hmm. This is great. I'm glad I watched that. (laughs) Yeah. Also, you could delete the word reaction from that sentence and it would be Mm -hmm. equally true. But as a genre, I've never really understood the reaction because it always seems to me like a lot of, if it becomes a thing, you know, it's like a guy listening to music for the first time or, you know, certain songs for the first time or watching music videos Mm -hmm. for the first time or whatever. And it's just like, it becomes so performative that the reaction seems not genuine, right? Yeah. Either they play it up so much where it's like, there's no way this is your actual reaction. Yeah, yeah. Or it's just like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, nice. That was, I, I like that. <laughs> Which I would never want to watch. I scoff at this idea of the reaction video, but I think a lot of the things that I watch, so over the past 72 hours or whatever. There's this YouTube channel and Brian, you're going to judge me for this so hard. I would never. Yeah, Brian, the least judgy person of all time. I'm not judgy. (laughs) I I like to do cool things and have fun. Yes, you've never done a bit. You like to have fun. Mm -hmm. I'm a cool guy who likes to be with other cool people. Anyway, but there's a channel that I really, really love right now called the, beha- called, called the Behavior Panel. And they're okay. quote unquote body language experts. 
it's four old men who are oh all ex army interrogators, and oh they no. like they have their sales funnel locked the fuck down. They're ready to get you to take the body language course. The thing is, oh. they're actually really interesting and entertaining. <laughs> okay. They're like so light on the actual body language. And a lot of it is about like sentence structure and word choice. And they'll go through my favorite thing, which is like super long interrogations from the point of view of like ex-army interrogators being like, this is a good tactic. That seems fine. Yeah, it's just couched in a lot of like stupid shit. So that is sort of a reacting thing because they'll do interrogations, but they also did like Depper trial stuff and some of the Alec Baldwin things. And it's really enjoyable. But it seems like they're not just reacting. They're reacting with a point of view and a level of expertise about something, right? Yeah, there's analysis, yeah. That's what I like, is when they have expertise on or they're knowledgeable on and they can weigh in on that. I think that's cool. I I actually really do enjoy that. I watched an opera singer watch uh, and listen to a King Diamond song for the first time. Oh, okay, cool. And I was like, hey, this is cool. She's like, he's pretty good, you know? And so that was that was sick. That was actually a really good video that I enjoyed. And so, you know, like what Brian said, you know, when they're just playing it up too much. <gasps> oh, shit. I can't. Oh. What? You know, yeah, that kind of yeah. stuff where it's like, yeah. come on, what are we yeah. doing here? No one has ever reacted like that in the history yeah. of reactions. Yeah. Yeah. I did say that in my back pocket, I have a reaction YouTube channel called The Third Law because for every video, there's an equal but opposite reaction. (laughs) Uh Uh That's my back. Nobody steal that. Nobody steal that. (laughs) So what would you do on this channel? It would just be reaction content. Oh, so what I thought you meant is you would react to reaction videos. No, that, okay. Opposite reaction. Yes, I had that idea, but it was split off from an original idea I had called Let It Rip Sama, which is I would review Beyblade reviews. So there's a lot of Beyblade (laughs) reviews on YouTube. And so what I was going to do is I was going to watch their reviews and then review their reviews and be like, the editing could have used some work here. And you know, this." so it was Beyblade review reviews. That's a great idea. Yeah. Someone should do this. We could inception this. If we got enough people, someone makes a short reaction video right? About whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then someone makes a reaction video to that reaction video. Oh yeah. And yeah, then you keep yeah. it going, a reaction video mm-hmm. to that reaction video. Yeah, yeah. And then you keep iterating it until the videos get longer and longer and longer. Mm-hmm. Brian, I regret to inform you that that is what TikTok is. Oh, you know what? Damn, you're right. That's correct. Correct. Ah, correct. TikTok yeah. coming in, ruining everything again. Yeah. Brian, I've started doing your signature body language thing of yes. that. You do rubbing that the all clavs. the time. Yeah, rubbing the claps. I rubbed off. My rubbing rubbed off on you. <sighs> when I was a kid in elementary school, the teachers used to have us do something called brain gym. Where Do you know about this? No. Right there. They called the, your brain buttons and you basically had to like press these and massage them. It was supposed to like help you concentrate. And before we would learn anything in a lesson, we would have to go through these like little exercises, like rub under your your clavicles and then like do like eye exercises where you like focus on your fingers and then like unfocus and then focus. And it was supposed to help your concentration. I don't know if it's actually been proven or not to help. Sounds like nonsense. Yeah, but but they used to have us do that. That sounds very similar to like 
EMDR, which is like trauma processing therapy, where it's like, you know, you go through trauma shit and they like activate each side. I don't know why it works, but it supposedly works really, really well. And I will do it okay. someday. But mm-hmm. so I don't know, maybe there's something to that. For some reason, I just do this. I don't know why. There's, you know, sort of a contagion to friend body language, much in the same way that I have adopted from Vernon. The, uh, don't mind if I do, grabbing for a snack hand. <laughs> what? <laughs> Vernon always does this thing. If, he, if he's like reaching for a snack, he'll be like, don't mind if I do, <laughs> with a little head bobble I, and the fingers. Wow. And now I can't. I always do it. <laughs> I do not yeah. associate that with Vernon at all. You around him and eating snacks a lot? I would think so. I remember him doing that at Maker. Anyway. It's time to move on to segments. Yes. Okay. So it's it's a new year. This is the first kind of stand. We did an episode last week where we watched Saw together, but this is the first true late night episode of the new year. And of course, Alex, we're thrilled to have you on as our- uh, Thank you. I'm not going to diss Jory because Jory is a, is a wonderful and trusted friend, but as our first true guest on a normal episode- Hold on, I'm telling Jory right now that you called him a yeah. fake guest. Uh-oh, uh, look, I, I, I can't get into this with Jory anymore. Legally, I'm forbidden from contacting him. <laughs> after I, I went a little overboard <laughs> on a few texts uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm no longer allowed to, to talk to Jory. I can only do so through a mediator. So, Leighton, take this down. Text this to Jory for me. <laughs> I'm not going to be an accessory. You're not an accessory. I'm not going to violate the TRO. Okay? Just say, Brian wants his pictures back. <laughs> Talk to your fucking lawyer, Brian. Jesus. I know I represent myself in all things. <laughs> but enough about Jory. We are thrilled to have you, Alex, as our first guest of 2023. Thank you. Now, here, here's a question you can answer honestly, and I will not be upset. Sure. If you say no. Have you heard this show before? Yes, I have, actually. Okay, great. Well, thank you, first of yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to have a listener. <laughs> I see the posts. I see them. <laughs> I watch and consume a lot of my friends' content, more so than I think that they think that I do. Mm-hmm. I watch my friends' streams. I listen to friends' podcasts. I watch friends' YouTube videos. And it's interesting to learn more about them and, and see what they've been up to. So I like doing that kind of thing. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Earnestly. That's such a wholesome answer. Yes, it really it really is. So you you know that we do segments on the show. And the first segment, it's a segment that I hold very near and dear to my heart because it is, I think Layton would agree, the flagship segment of the show. We do it every week. We've done it every week since episode three. Not right out of the gate, but since episode three. And uh, it was named by the one, the only Ethan Nestor. Uh, AKA crank gameplays. And when people think of this show in the far future, which they certainly will, I believe that this is the segment that we will be known for. Uh, as far as I know, no other podcast does a segment like this. And certainly no other podcast does a segment which has theme music of the standard to which the theme music for this segment has been uh, written. Now, it's a new year. And I've decided to kind of go back and reevaluate some priorities. And in the past, when I've introduced this segment, going back and listening to old episodes, I do, like many people in our line of work, 
you know, what I do is I, I meticulously evaluate my performance by going back and listening to past episodes. You know, I do, I do pretty much the standard stuff. I'll go back, I'll read the transcript for every episode. I'll run it through some algorithmic analyzers to check for patterns for things that I do. Usually it's not stuff I'm doing poorly, but stuff I'm doing too well. Because what I don't want this podcast to be is intimidating to, to people. And I worry a little bit that we operate at such a high level here at Late Night that it's turning viewers off because they're like, it's so good. It's so entertaining. It's so original. It, 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 it's, it's so novel. The music is, is beyond something I could possibly understand. The harmonic language is too interesting. And I'm talking about the theme song for the segment that's coming up here in particular, that I want to make sure that I'm operating at a, at a level that people can really grok, to use a term mm-hmm. that's currently very popular. So what I've decided to do for 2023 is to go back to the drawing board with this segment to not reevaluate the content of the segment uh, itself or the way I introduce it, which I think we can all agree is flawless, but to go back and take the theme song, which I think sets the tone for the segment, and just kind of rework it from the ground up. I wanted to change literally every single thing about it. I wanted to change the length, the tone, the harmonic language, the instrumentation, the tempo, the meter, kind of everything. And so what I have done this week is I have rewritten the theme song for this segment, and we're going to debut it here. Now, you're not going to hear it okay? because we don't have the ability to do that. Okay. But what I'm going to ask you is if you were to have heard it, what would you have thought? Amazing, inspired, no notes, my life will never be the same. Life-changing, truly. That's what we do here at Late Night. We change lives. And Alex, what would you say if I told you that Brian, in fact, has a button where he can play the theme song and we will all hear it and he is simply choosing not to That's not true. Me. That's That has never been true. <laughs> Layton is making something up right now. She's funning you, as my grandma would say. Oh, okay. This is a, this is a goof. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, this yeah. is my bad. Occasionally, I introduce this segment. Layton doesn't take it very seriously and she tries to pull one over Come on, on the guests. professionalism here, Leighton. Yes, thank, thank you, thank you. Uh, I appreciate you being on the same page as me as this, Alex. Occasionally, Leighton tries to tank my introduction of this segment by mm. claiming I have the ability to do things that I don't actually have the ability to do. Uh-huh. Right. Can you imagine being able to play a sound file for someone so that they heard it? It's impossible. At the press of a button? It's 2023. What are we doing yeah. here? Maybe once the metaverse kicks in, Mm-hmm. In 2025, we'll have the ability mm-hmm. to do that, but not at the moment. Yeah, so I don't know what that is. I've never seen that before. <laughs> yeah, I think that was Layton's eyeshadow. Is that an advent calendar? That's for last month. You got to get rid of that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this is our pop culture recommendation segment of the show. You get to talk about a book, a movie, a video game, whatever you've been enjoying recently. It's called What's Poppin'? And the brand new theme song for 2023 goes here. <laughs> What's poppin'? What's poppin'? Great. Layden, what's poppin'? I'm just saying that just once, just once, just once, Brian. Just once you'd let me finish my introduction (laughs) to this segment without interrupting me? I agree. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Just once. Yeah. If you made even the slightest change to that theme song, Mm -hmm. I don't think I would ever give you shit about the what's poppin' introduction ever again. 
Like if you came, yeah. if you well, did it's, that it's whole build new. up. It's brand and, new this week. You, you didn't even it, hear it. You didn't even listen to it. You know, Alex, we're like trying to get on a podcast network right now. Mm-hmm. And half of me just wants to make a super cut of that shit. <laughs> just be like. That's a good sizzle reel. That's a great sizzle is, reel. Yeah, I love that. This is the hot content you're signing mm-hmm. up for. Please give us money. S- Ooh. What do they say? <laughs> Layton's the sizzle and I'm the beef. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you are. Every, everybody's right. saying that. Yeah, that's right. What's popping, Layton? Go. <sighs> What's popping for me is, you know, I love Fallout New Vegas. It's great. Alex Who and I doesn't? spoke about this. It's the fucking best. Mm-hmm. I've spent probably, you know, combined several hours mentioning it and shoehorning it into conversations on this show because that's how I am. Mm-hmm. But Josh Sawyer, who famously worked on that game, has come out with a new game that he was the director on and it's called Pentiment and it's really fucking good. It's great. It's a 16th century murder mystery. Oh. It's very like Tarkovsky's Andre Rublev. Okay. But it's like you're a painter and you show up in a town because you're like a journeyman artist and then, uh-oh, murder. And then you you solve it. It's like all narrative, very, very choice driven and I just thought it was fabulous. It was, it was really, really great. So if people like a mystery with cool art. And if you like Fallout New Vegas, I just was really, really impressed with it. And I had a great time playing it. And Brian, I think you would really like it. Mainly because I want to talk to you about it. Great, I'll play it. Much like Fallout New Vegas, there are ghouls and super mutants, right? A hundred percent everywhere. The 16th century, lousy with them. Can't go five feet without tripping over a super mutant. Yeah, you gotta, you know, pick your faction. Yeah, you know. Wait a minute, you're just playing New Vegas again, aren't you? Yo, you got me. You got me. You almost had me fooled there for a minute. <laughs> yeah, so every, if everybody just goes to steam.com slash follow New Vegas, mm-hmm, yeah. you can play Pentiment. Yeah, there you go. Available for Mac and PC, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I will play that. Neat. Well, Brian, what's popping? Yes. What's popping for me is a few years ago on the show, I recommended an album by the jazz trumpeter Don Ellis. And I'm back on the Don Ellis bandwagon. And I've, let me play an audio file for you. This is the album Soaring by Don Ellis from 1973. Everything he wrote was in an odd meter, usually five or seven. And it's fucking great. And you may have heard one of his most famous songs because it's called Whiplash and was hmm. featured in the movie of the same name. But it's from the 70s, and they just did a different arrangement. So listen to this. It's very easy for me to play an audio file. Listen to this. Yeah, it's a fucking great, it's a killer big band. He did a lot of stuff with his big band where he was using amplified or electronically altered instruments. And the songwriting is great. It's very jazzy, lots of improvisation. It's just a fucking amazing album. I've been listening to like kind of all of his stuff. But this album in particular is wild. And there's some like pretty out there shit that he does in it. What was the really fat bassy sound in that clip that you just played? Yeah, I'm not sure what that is, actually. Might be a bass clarinet in there. Shit. Maybe. It sounds cool. Or like an oboe. And he does use different instruments like that. So here's the tragic thing about Don Ellis is he died very young because he had some kind of fatal heart problems. Cardiac arrhythmia. Uh, was a big part of it. And so here's the guy who everything he wrote was in an odd meter and died because his heart never beat properly, which I think is it's very poetic in a sense. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. everything he did is is interesting and, and weird. He has a really great album that I've talked about before called Electric Bath from the late 60s, which is also really worth listening to. So yeah, anyway, 
This week, Sick. what's popping for me is Soaring by the Don Ellis Orchestra uh, from 73. Alex. Alex, what's popping? Let me tell you about Dwarf Fortress. Have you ever wanted oh. to be in charge? I've always been curious about this. Okay, so I have been playing Dwarf Fortress for, at this point, 13 years. So it's not new, but it had a release, finally, um, on Steam. And this was a game that was traditionally presented in ASCII. So, you know, all special right. characters done with, right. you know, in like a command. Very roguey, right? Yeah. Yes, very much so. They finally have a graphical and mouse-based interface. So you can finally do everything with a mouse. You don't have to do everything with hotkeys because the game was running a command prompt, meaning you had to do everything with the numpad. So everything mm-hmm. was done by shortcuts and the keyboard. And so now you can click and tell your dwarves what you want them oh. to do. Um, but the basis of it is a colony management simulator and the sort of colloquialism for the game is losing is fun um, because things can go so wrong so very quickly and horrible problems can snowball. But the, the amount of minutia and detail in the game is ridiculous to the point where sometimes a dwarf will get injured and the nerves in his right hand will be permanently damaged and he can no longer pick up things properly. He'll drop them. So, you know, he'll be carrying something and all of a sudden you'll see a little, because this is all done in sort of like state-based, like frame-by-frame kind of stuff. You Uh know, things move in turns. Yeah. And so he'll be walking and all of a sudden a cup will be on the ground because he dropped his cup. And so he has to go back and pick up his cup and that'll happen. And uh, the stories that come out of everybody's colony are the best part because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. For instance, my chat wanted me to embark in a really terrible like the worst location I could possibly find. So I went into a haunted forest that was constantly raining dwarf blood on all of my people. (laughs) And so they didn't like that very much. And you can do all sorts of engineering things. I made a moat that when I'm invaded by goblins, I can dump lava into the moat, which will cause a steam barrier to shoot up and roast all the goblins. Mm -hmm. You can make all this kind of thing using like clever engineering and things like that. And it's a lot of fun. It's just handling the the moods and the sort of construction stuff and like reading about all the dwarves. All the dwarves have personalities. Some of them get depressed and don't want to work or can't work for a while. Sometimes dwarves, you try whatever you can to make them happy. They just aren't happy because of the personality that they have. It's crazy. Like, and you are managing a colony of, I think my biggest colony is like 215 individual dwarves. And wow. so, yeah, it's it's so much fun. I, I love that game, and, and the new release is amazing. So that's cool. That's what's popping for me. That's awesome. I see people talk about it all the time, but I never knew all anything about it. Yep. And I Same. feel like that was like the perfect primer. It reminds me of a game that I have not played, but I'm very fascinated by. It was that game Creatures. Do you know which one I'm talking about? It has the no. weird fucked up little guys. Okay, there is a really amazing r slash hobby drama write-up about it. Yeah, it's a bunch of fucked up little guys, but the whole thing is that it's very, like, DNA-based. Like, you you oh. raise these creatures and crossbreed them, but there was, like, a subculture that popped up around it where there were forums and people would... You could, like, share creatures that you had bred because you can also, like, teach them language. It's, like, a very, very complex huh. system thing. Whoa. But on the forums there were people who were dedicated to torturing the creatures and like <laughs> teaching them, 
teaching them to eat poison oh or like messing up or crossbreeding them so that they just are fucked up. And so people would go on the forums and be like, here's how I'm going to torture this creature. And then people would get very angry and upset about that. So what one of these people did is they were like, here's a poor abused little creature that you can come and rescue. But the way that they <laughs> made that creature is they just made it so that when you put that creature into your game, it like has a disease that will kill all of your creatures. So people were like altruistically trying to download this creature to rehabilitate it and then kill awful. their entire ecosystem. Oh my God. It is a fascinating thing to read about. Creatures. I have to look at this. That's incredible. Yeah. All right. Neat. Next that segment. That was what's popping. Now the, the second segment, which is, you know, custody wise, I get this segment on weekends mm -hmm. and this segment is called Peaches and Lemons and it's a three-part gratitude exercise. I just want, I'm busy part, on the weekends. I wouldn't be able to do anything with this segment on the weekends anyway. Just to want to put that out there. I just want everybody to know that Brian has defaulted on segment support payments multiple times and we need to revise the custody agreement. I, I, you have to come pick up the check. It's waiting for you. If you came That's and got it. That's not how this works. If you came That's and got it. That's not what the judge says. If you came and got it, it would be yours. <laughs> this is exactly but I'm not going to bring it to you. We if you came and got it, it in is the right there. It is right there waiting for you. All you have to do is communicate through the lawyer oh, and then it wouldn't be an issue I can, because I, I don't want to see you Ask Jory. when we switch I got in trouble for communicating too much. Jory, I'm too good I, at communicating. Half the fucking reason we split these segments up in the custody is because of Jory. So I don't want to hear anything about Jory in this side. conversation. Jory was on my side. I'm just going to say that Jory was on my side. Peaches and Lemons, this is a segment in which we do three gratitude things and one thing that we bitch about a little bit. The theme song for that goes here. Peaches and Lemons. Peaches and Lemons. <laughs> Oh, Brian, that was our first yelling at each other of the year. I love it. That was really nice. That was a good one. It makes me happy. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for each, we're going to, I was doing really well. We're each going to start with a lemon, which is a thing that is a minor bummer annoyance. Just, just little, little shitty things. Like the way I introduced this segment. I thought you did great. Uh, all right, I'll go first. Uh, minor, minor little lemon. We have de-Christmased the house. We've taken all the Christmas decorations down and Aww. now the house looks empty and boring. And I love my house, but it's more fun around the holidays. So that's it. Things got a little bit less interesting house-wise over the last week. And that's it. And now no, no new real decorations. We'll do our usual St. Patrick's Day extravaganza, which we do every year. <laughs> um, but until then, nothing. You know what? This is the first time the vibe I've ever gotten from a lemon is that it's like a little key lime, mm -hmm. the little cute ones. Yeah, that's right. It's a cute yeah, little lemon. Yeah, a little mini lemon. You know, for like a Patreon thing or something, we should do with Jarek. We should bake a peach pie together and I then like, like a, a lemon lot. tart. That's a great something. idea. Yes, right? absolutely. Yep. I love it. When we were talking about doing this as a live show after, you know, actually doing it as a live show... I wanted us to do it where as we do peaches and lemons for the live show, we have to eat a peach while we do peaches. But for the lemons, we have to say our lemons after biting into a lemon. Yeah. Oh, God. Whenever we do that. You may have been around for these when we were doing some of the Grumps charity streams I was involved with. There was a segment on the wheel of segments that I really liked. I came up with called apples and oranges. We had to eat an orange like it was an apple and an apple like it was an orange. And <laughs> so you have to just take a, I think Mark, 
uh, Mark I. Plyer did this, where just take a bit. Oh, no, it was Matt Mercer. I think it was Matt Mercer. Just take a big bite of an orange like that, which you have to peel the apple with your fingers oh my first. Can I sidetrack real quick about that? Yeah. Please. Yes. Yeah. You made me something for kitchen nightmares oh, yeah. <laughs> that legitimately gave me a bad dream. Like <laughs> it was so horrendous. Hell yes. I brought this up. I never dream. I had a bad dream about being forced to eat that again. Specifically oh that God. night, I went home and slept. I'm so sorry. And I had a dream. It was like, and it was like a like a like a cartoon nightmare where I was tossing and turning in my bed. I was like, Oh my God. No, no, I don't want to eat it again. It was so vile. It was wow. so vile. I'm Brian, so what sorry. What did you put in it? I don't know. I just got grabbed was in the kitchen. Ketchup, mayonnaise, jelly beans. What else was there? Yep. Worcestershire sauce, I think. Uh-huh. Something uh-huh. else that I can't remember, mm-hmm. but it did not sit right with me at all. <laughs> <laughs> there was something this else you put in so there. Happy. The, you put something else in there and you fed it to me. And it was it was so vile and rank that <laughs> I literally like you had a like a sweating nightmare about having to eat it again. It was probably like hot sauce or something, yeah. It's hot sauce, but there was something else in there that I can't remember. But the jelly beans with the Worcestershire sauce and the mayonnaise. Oh my God, mm-hmm. it, was, it was vile. Anyway. Yeah, Brian, there was one of those where I helped you make one of those for Matt yes. Watson. Those are fun. Not good. I love Especially because that fridge was like... It was the it was the event horizon portal to hell. Yes, it was awful. That's right. Yeah, (laughs) it's like what is half of this shit? Alex, yes, lemon, lemon. Uh, My sleep schedule is completely destroyed. Uh, My sleep schedule is completely and utterly the worst it has been in probably over a decade. Oh fuck! That's such a bad feeling. It is. I am a night owl kind of naturally. I know that they say people really aren't, you know, we're not nocturnal. You really aren't naturally nocturnal and nobody kind of is. But for me, I like being awake at night, but it's bad for me now. It's just like, I'll sit there and like, I just won't sleep. My sleep schedule is just totally wrecked. It's just completely wrecked, but I'm trying to fix it. I'm trying very hard to fix it. So, well, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll get there. But the hard part is when you fix it, it involves one day, which sucks. Sucks ass. Sucks. Yes. It yeah. means you're going to get like two hours of sleep one day mm-hmm. and you just yep. got to commit to it and then be like, okay, I guess today's going to be awful. And yeah, then I'll yeah. just get back on the horse. But yeah, it, it's gearing up for that first day is the worst. For me, it's it's not just that first day. It's like when you fall off the wagon, which after several days of like doing it, quote unquote, normal, you usually do. And then it's just like, I'm back at square one. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, no shame. I've done the, you know, get into bed at five, six a.m. Like I've been there. It's yep. amateur it's hour. Fun. Five or six a.m. Yeah. Amateur hour. Amateur hour. Yeah. Try wow. 10 a.m. Oh, shit. Ugh. Yeah, it's wow. bad. It's real bad. But, dude, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Cool. I yeah. believe in you. Much yeah, love. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you get some good, appropriate amount of rest at a thank time you. that works for you and your body. You know, they also say like, oh, you know, doing the gym helps. It does not help me. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm really trying. Today's the day. I can do this. I'm going to bed at a regular hour. <laughs> do tonight. it. I know I can do this. I think 
part of it, it's like, oh, I already don't want to get out of bed, but now you're telling me the way to get me out of bed is to go do something I fucking hate. Yeah, yeah that's right. going to work. <laughs> yeah. Instead, like, I have to bribe myself with coffee. Like, I'm very treat motivated, <laughs> yeah. much like a dog, where it's like, mm, yummy coffee, got to go mm. get coffee. That Pavlovian response. Yeah. Layton lemon. I'll do my lemon very quickly. It's been raining, and I feel like such a little spoiled West Coast baby, but legitimately when it rains, my bones hurt and my already tenuous mental health is thrown to the wet, wet wolves of... Wet, wet mud. Yep, of the much needed rain, partially because my ceiling leaks and maybe does not want to have her feet on the ground when it's wet. And so she'll do everything possible to be on as few legs as possible, which does not work where she just has like one leg up and it's like, please shit. I don't want to be out here. You don't want to be out here. Just like (laughs) deal with it and shit, but she won't. So yeah, I need the rain to stop because over the weekend it stopped and there was sun and I was like, oh fuck. I feel so neurotypical right now. Nope. We're back in it. But I think it stopped now though for a few days. We're good for a few days. Good for a few days and then, yep. and then, and then we're we'll back see. at it. Yeah. All right. Time for peaches. I'll do mine first because they're short. Peach number one. Starbucks brought back the pistachio latte. Look at you. That's my favorite drink they've ever done. And they had it two years ago and then last year they didn't do it. And now it's back and it's just the fucking greatest. It's so good. And today wow. the lady in front of me in line paid for my coffee. What? And then I did not pay it. Whoa. And then I did and then I didn't pay it forward. Hell yeah. <laughs> Alpha move, Layden. Yeah. My second peach is that I got this took me like all day to do. I got the rarest achievement in Civ Six, which oh. is the pizza party achievement. To start you playing have to- Civ Six. <laughs> <laughs> um the achievement is that you need to either play as America and get RNG. You can't just like change the name of the city to New York. The RNG has to give you New York or you need to play against America with a city named New York. You have to build a sewer. You have to recruit the great engineer Leonardo da Vinci. You have to get great works by Donatello and Raphael. Well, and Michelangelo. (laughs) And you have to activate them. This is like so difficult to do. I had to reroll multiple times and get like halfway through a game and be like, oh my God, it's not going to happen. But I did it. You have to spawn the right great person, right? Yeah, and you have to get it before the other sieves, so I had yeah. to like generate like max faith, max gold. Yeah, yeah. It was miserable, but when I finally got it, felt great. So that's the biggest thing I've accomplished in the past year. And then my third peach, I cleaned my desk. Look at you. Hey. Yes, thank you. I'm a functional adult. But, you know, I exist with a certain level of mess that I just like don't see because don't see because uh, that's just how my brain works. But, you know, clean desk feels good. And not a million candy wrappers <laughs> around <laughs> and checklists where it's like, here's all the shit that you need to do that you didn't do. Throw away multiple of these. I don't carried over the task. Clean desk. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's Great. me. That's my peaches. Somebody else awesome. go. Uh, Alex, you want to? I'll go. Peaches. Sure. So this is the first time I've ever lived completely by myself with no roommates, no nothing. And I'm really trying and I think succeeding at adapting to that, you know, just like making sure my apartment doesn't get too dirty, which is, you know, like baseline stuff. But still, I'm it's the first time I've ever lived, like I said, completely alone. So there's nobody 
telling me to do anything or I have no responsibilities or I'm not beholden to anybody else to actually keep up my space, but I'm really trying to stay on top of myself and make my space nice, keep it clean, keep it organized. And, you know, my office is a little bit different, but that's also a place where like, I'm just working and like nobody has to see except for me. So Mm -hmm. that's sort of the exception, but like, I'm happy that my apartment is being kept clean and I'm doing a good job at that. Second one, despite my weird sleep schedule, I have a pretty regular gym schedule. Great. We have a workout room here at the apartment, which no one uses. It's like me, this huge dude who I think used to be a football player, Mm -hmm. and this old Armenian woman. And like, it's just the three of us that That I only ever see in the gym. I want to see that sitcom. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's what I said. We make a great sitcom. So I basically always have the gym to myself whenever I want. And I'm trying to maintain that schedule. And I think it's been going pretty well. So that's nice. I'm really proud of myself that I'm sort of getting back into that habit. And then being invited to be on this podcast. Yes. Hell yes. By the way, any guest who doesn't put that as a peach is on our immediate shit list. There you go. No, honestly. And and that's like, like kind of funny, haha goof, but also like, no, it's, it's always flattering when I get to, you know, hang out with people I know who I I really respect and get to hang out and talk with. So that's honestly a a really cool way to start my year. So thank you so much for having me. We didn't mean to ask you for like a couple years, honestly, (laughs) you know, I'm happy to be here. Kept putting it off, but yeah, thank you so much for, for being here. Of course. Thanks for asking me. And you can come back anytime you want. Anytime. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, this has been wonderful. Uh, Uh, If people uh, want to, uh, uh, oh, oh, shit. Uh, excuse me. I'm right here. I'm fucking right here. Wow. That was made so much worse by the fact that it was not intentional. If that had been a bit, it would have been very funny. But as it is, it's just straight up insulting. Can I do my peaches? Is that okay? Can I do some peaches, Layton? Is that all right if I do a couple of peaches? Is that okay if I do a peach or three? Is that okay with you? Can I just do them real quick? You can have an extra peach if you want to. Yeah, I don't you need your do perm- I don't need your permission. <laughs> I know I'm offering. <laughs> I want to tell Jarek to put a voice modulator on me right now. <laughs> Go ahead, do it. Okay, are you sure? Thank you. I know I'm you sure. are, Alex. I'm All sure. Right. I'm good. Peach I'm one. Sure. Peach one. I'm only talking to Alex right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Peach one. This coming weekend in Boston is the MIT Mystery Hunt, a puzzle-solving extravaganza, which is the highlight of my year. I get to go hang out with friends, and I'm flying out there for the first time in a few years, and it's going to be awesome. It's at MIT, and we're back on campus, and we're going to have a great time solving puzzles and hanging out. That sounds so, awesome. Yes, I'm very excited. Peach number two. I have made it my goal to S-tier all the Cuphead bosses. Oh. And I'm halfway through. Wow. Which ones do you have left? Two or three in aisle two and everything in aisle three and beyond. Does this include DLC? Uh, I'm going to do those two. I've I've beaten those on uh, normal difficulty. Right, right, Uh, right. But yes, I'm going to do the DLC too. DLC is really fun. I haven't done the DLC. It's great. It's great. Nice. But yeah, so I've completed aisle one and a few in aisle two and I have a few more. The bird is hard because of the time. It takes forever to beat that fucker. Mm. The bird and the G. Also, I discovered one of the things that made it hard initially, I've never seen other people talk about this, although they they probably have a lot, is it's so much easier when you use the Joy-Cons attached to the Switch. There's like a palpable delay 
when they're not. Yes. And when they're attached, oh, your reaction yeah. times are much faster. So I was like playing the game. I was like, why is this so much easier this time? Uh, it's like, oh, I'm not actually better at it. I'm just like, the timing's better. You took off the training weights and That's now right. you were you were ready. Hell yeah. And my final peach is that due to the rain, which we have talked about, mushrooms are growing like crazy around Los Angeles. And Audrey and I went on a mushroom hunt yesterday. Oh. We're walking around the neighborhood looking for fungi growing and there were some big clusters of big old mushrooms. It was fucking awesome. She was very That's excited. Sick. That's so, rad. Yeah. Perfect thing for a fun guy like you to do. I know, right? <laughs> I think we're going to go out worming today and look for dead worms. Which is perfect thing wow. for a worm like you. <laughs> I, I don't know. I tried to make it work. I couldn't do it. I, I, I liked it. I liked it. Thank you. Yes. And those are my peaches. Wonderful. You don't want to do an extra, a bonus, because I was so cruel and callous. You know what? You. Fine. I did oh, write down. Four. Yeah. I've been really excited about the uh, mathematical objects continued fractions recently, which are unique ways of representing any real number. And this is when you write something as like one plus one over one plus one over one plus one over one plus one. You, they, you keep cascading down. So if you're going to write three halves, you'd write one plus one over two, but then you could keep it going. Look, look it up. turns out it's a very natural and fun way of writing any real number. And there's no ambiguities like fractions that you reduce to other fractions. Every number, there's one way to write it. And they have some pretty cool properties. And they're very good if you write irrational numbers that way and you truncate the expansion, they're good approximations. So this is where you can get, for example, the very good approximation of pi, 355 over 113, which is better than, you know, 22 sevenths or whatever bullshit noobs use. (laughs) Totally. Totally. So I like, I've been playing with continued fractions recently because they're fun. Sick. Well... Since I biffed it so hard, Brian, do you want to wrap this one up? Yep. Bye. (laughs) Alex, where can people find you if they want to watch your streams or enjoy the variety of voice acting work that you do? Octopimp everywhere. That's consistent branding, baby. Everywhere. It's great. Octopimp, you'll find me. Love it. Sick. Well, dude, it was great seeing you again. Thank you so much for being here. Let's hang out in person sometime soon. It would be really great to see you again. Yeah, you as well. Hell yeah. Sweet. All right. Folks at home. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Give everybody your, your advice, your piece of advice you like to give people at the end of every show. Yeah. That thing that I do. Everybody at home. Hope you're well. White Claw Surge is not a fun new favorite flavor. White Claw. Uh, See you next time. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Late Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Knight, on Instagram at Leighton underscore Knight, or email us at LeightonKnight at gmail.com.